Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heart and Hand is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast whose mood is up and down like a hooker's drawers. This week on Heart and Hand, one point gained or two points dropped? Spoiler, it was a latter. This season we've teamed up with Ladbrokes and we'll be bringing you plenty of specials. Our first is bet £5, get £20. This means if you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. As a listener to this podcast, you can get this by following the link at bet.ibroxrocks.com. That's bet.ibroxrocks.com. We'll be tweeting this bet £5, get £20 link, adding it on our Facebook and we've put it in the description of this podcast too. So welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and joining me this week, uh, the Livingston Lothario himself, Mr Cameron and James Bell. David, my good friend, what is popping in your world? Uh, not a lot, not a lot, I've got to say. I'm still still kind of reeling. It's a weird thing on a Friday night, isn't it, when you don't get the win? Because it kind of has an extra couple of days to percolate uh, compared to a Sunday. So the game does feel like it's been a few days away, and in fact we have one tomorrow night. Um, but against the same mob, so we can have a, a take two. Uh, let's get into it. Friday night, Partick Thistle, Cameron, and Rangers. I feel we could play uh, a pod from our previous week and then just edit the, the opposition team name. Rangers played quite well for the first 45 minutes, dominated uh, certainly possession in the ball and had the better chances, didn't look like giving anything up. Scored five minutes from half time. that man Morelis again. Uh then the becoming a habit second half collapse, i.e. don't turn up until about the 65th minute from Rangers when Thistle, unbelievably, from nowhere started to dominate the game and have the better chances. Scored two due to very poor defending from Rangers, which we'll, we'll get into in a minute. Um, they then had a player sent off and Rangers battered them for the final 
25 minutes or so, managed to get a goal um, to get the draw but couldn't get the victory. Uh, does that sound about accurate to you? Well, it does, but the way how you're describing it makes it sound as if um, we were trying to to get all three points after dominating in that final spell, whereas actually you're quite clearly forgetting the SFA mandate, which says that you're not allowed to score uh, winners at Fur Hill for fear of over-exuberance. Well, I think there might have been some, some exuberance um, based on that. Well, I, I want to uh, concentrate on the defensive issues, Cameron, and I'll tell you why. I've heard a lot of people and I've read a lot of things from people where they're complaining about attacking players, um, whether or not it's Graham Dorans isn't doing enough going forward, whether it's Kenny Miller and should or should he not be in the team, whether it's a left wing position, Josh Windass, of course. I've even seen, you know, Candace isn't, you know, his delivery isn't good enough or Morellis, blah, blah. You know, people are looking, understandably, because it's the, the area of the park that gets all the, you know, the glamour it's 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 the bit you need to fire you can't win anything without a functioning attack however some of the stat I thought the defending the other night was, was dreadfully poor and this is not the first time this happened I guess Ross County we came out for the second half after dominating first didn't play for 15-20 minutes at all in which they got a goal got back into it and then it could have gone either way till we got the third against Dundee even though it was a comfortable victory they came out dominated the first 10 to 15 minutes and missed an absolute guilt-edged chance to equalise. So you don't know how that game could go. We kept getting away with this and then on Friday night we didn't because of the two goals and that's a concern to me. You've been in dressing rooms, Cammy. What happens? Because you surely should know. You've got to know that a team at home are going to go in and get new tactical instructions if you want to just take it down to traditional Scottish things, you're going to get the rocket up your backside. You know the crowd are going to be right up for it again at the start of second half if you're only up by a goal. Why are our players regularly looking like they're not expecting this and being unable to combat it? Because it's too soft. And normally within your, you're talking about half-time, is that you do, you do a little bit of a kind of post-mortem in the first half and then you start going through it. I suppose really a... A bit of a kind of update to players in terms of you know if you're not pulling your weight if you're doing well there's some positive encouragement and um, I think Alan Archibald probably did that very very well with Thistle and I think it's remiss of us being as unbiased as we are not to give Thistle a lot of credit which they are due I don't necessarily think it's us being asleep at the wheel for the first fifteen to twenty minutes of the second half on its own which we were. But also, Thistle came out with the reaction which, you know, all the home fans in Fur Hill would have wanted. Um, and, and they kind of sparked into action. We're not doing that because it almost feels as if um, the, kind of, the, the game plan is to then, you know, keep possession of the ball, to recycle it, to create opportunities, etc. And if we go in 1-0 up, there's almost a certain element of it where I don't think there is any rockets going up arses. I don't think there is too much of that. You could turn in and say to a player, you know, if he's not performing well enough, you know, this is what he needs to do to change it. But fundamentally, you're not talking about hair, hair dryer treatment. What What's happening with us just now is we're going in in a relatively comfortable position and then we come out in a comfortable position and it, it feels a little bit like we've just come out in our, in our comfies and slippers because in actual fact, nothing changes with our approach to the game to then use that halftime period to revitalise our efforts to get a second goal to potentially see the game out 
and, and it, it, it's it's the word that I keep coming back to, ruthless. And we are so lacking that killer instinct. It costs us points, and it cost us points on Friday night. I think that we don't score a high enough percentage of our chances, but we concede far too high a number of the chances that we give up to the opposition. I believe that we have faced 11 shots on target this season and eight of them have been goals. Now, you could blame the goalkeeper for that. I don't think it's necessarily fair because there's quite a few of them he couldn't do anything about uh, the other night. You know, a deflection and then he's he's kind of left exposed badly. I just think that it's so often we're having 70 minutes of a game that the defence should be able to cope with a 20-minute period where we're not on top. And so far, the signs are that fundamentally they are not able to cope with that period of play. And the other night, we gave away two... I mean, Thistle are, are not a great attacking side. They were enthusiastic, and uh, the lad Spittle has a little bit of talent. But, you know, they're not a great side. They don't have... Endless amounts of creative players However, they unsettled that defence To the point where They've only really made, I think, probably Four decent opportunities But they've put two of them, or or decent positions To make an opportunity, and two of them have gone in Now, the free kick People say, well, it's a deflected free kick What can you do about it? Well, plenty First of all, Alves and Cardoso Both let the ball bounce And to go back to the wonderful old cliche of What's the first thing you're taught at school? Well, as a defender, it really is don't let the ball bounce. You go and attack it, but neither of them do that. Cardoso then commits a fairly stupid foul, and from that, when the free kick comes in, the wall splits, and Alves doesn't do enough for me to get the block on it. I think he slightly turns out of the way. The second goal is a calamity. Uh, There is just nothing good about it at all from the positioning of the players, from the marking. Nothing is right about that goal. No one is in the position that they should be. And again, that Achilles heel of ours, if you can get a ball into the back stick, the chances are, uh, from the left, the chances are that your attacker is going to be further ahead of our fullback uh, in Tavernier. And it's something I think we really need to look at as to whether or not we get enough from Tavernier and Wallace, slash on this occasion Declan John, whether we get enough from them in an attacking sense that we can put up with their lack of defensive nows. And at the moment, I think the jury's really out. It's great when it's going well and they're you know attacking and putting in great crosses like against Dundee. But the other night, we needed our defenders to defend and they simply couldn't. And there were several occasions where both Candace and Jack had to go in and cover for Tavernier because he was so wildly out of position. That is very, very poor. And I just think that people are are going on about the midfield and the attack, whereas to me, I think that the midfield of Jack and Dorans, and people can say that Dorans could be creating a bit more, and I'd I'd probably fall in that that category, but what you can't criticise is the fact that both him and Jack together are keeping a hold of the midfield and keeping that midfield area shut a lot more than we, we were used to at all under Warburton, but they're doing it very well, that there's not as much for the defence to deal with as they might have had certainly last season but they're still not doing it and that to me is a concern the percentage of goals we give away during the the small spells that other teams are getting on top of us is really troubling well I I think there's a couple of things with that so uh, you've kind of you've kind of surmised the the, the free kick scenario really really well there's there's a lot of um, Amateur mistakes made at the free kick, and uh, not least from the fact that if uh, Cardozo 
for whatever reason doesn't foul the lad Alves is there to support him regardless with no other Thistle player anywhere near him so it, it's it's actually smart play by the Thistle striker to effectively lean forward Cardozo then look I mean he goes over the top of him and it's it's a really straightforward decision to get he falls for it you're right the, the he does yeah he plays, Partick he plays players with no other option I mean, yeah, um, there's, but yeah there's, no, there's, no, there's no two ways around but you it. don't need to hand him it you know you, you uh, he might have got it anyway who knows but you don't need to make it very easy for the referee which I think Cardozo did but then if, if theoretically if that Thistle striker let's say in a worst case scenario he controls the ball alright with his back to goal if you watch that again, Cardozo is obviously directly behind him. Alves is to the left-hand side, which gives your striker very, very limited options. And I've got to believe, and I, I mean, obviously, when I mean, I'm watching it from kind of TV replays and stuff, that there's no immediate threat coming in to support him. But even if there is, our midfield will come in and, and, and start to hopefully nullify that threat. But because Alves is standing available, it, it really reduces the options that the Thistle striker has. But do you know what? It's it's smarter. The guy was smarter than Cardozo. Is probably the easiest way to be able to describe that because he won the he won the free kick when there was a nothing situation, and you know that's what happens. That 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 aside, the, the wall breaking the wall is unforgivable, and I suppose what really frustrates me, being probably the age and the generation I am, is I despise watching players when they're in a wall. And their first immediate concern is is protecting their face. You know when they do the kind of arm yeah, turn side over on. the face type? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I remember being at school playing football and our coach used to tell us, you link arms with your wall. The two, You all stand together, nobody moves. And if you move, you move as an entire unit. And Alves breaks ranks, jumps to the left inexplicably. It hits off him and goes in. And to be fair... We, we, we've said on the on the pod previously, Fodderingham is is liable at crosses, um, even against Motherwell. Uh, Moat missed a great opportunity where it should never have got to him because Fodderingham should have dealt with it. Mm. But your stat is completely correct. I read that as well. Eleven eleven on target, eight conceded. Twenty five percent of them came in Friday night. Neither of them, as far as I'm concerned, is Fodderingham's fault. No, I don't the, the, so. the, the second goal, the second goal is a fucking calamity. Mm. And it, it's it's embarrassing to watch. There is a, a number of mistakes, all of which, <coughs> excuse me, are, 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 are happen almost in, in 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 real time sequentially. There's three players going for one ball. That's point number one. So it's I think John Windass and Miller all going for the one ball. Tavernier is so out of line with the rest of his back three as it then is at that stage it's him uh, Cardozo and Alves that he's nowhere near in that line simple ball through the middle of the of the three on Russian Rangers players to, on that on that wing boy finds himself with plenty of space great opportunity and what and this is the biggest defence for me the reason why Tavernier is out of shape for that line is because he's marking a man the same man that's put him out of the fucking line then runs in front of him yeah. to score the goal. And I'm just... It bewilders me. I, I just think he's far too questionable in his defence. And it's also why it's got us to a position where in all firm games we've kind of moved him out of that position. 
Mm. Uh, and remove these defensive responsibilities. It's troubling to me because, as I say, that's a goal we've seen before and with different players, but certainly with Tavernier at the back post. That's a goal that we've seen twice at least at Tynecastle. And to me, how he isn't now automatically thinking, because I'm thinking at watching it and you're thinking at watching it and so are most of the listeners, if that ball gets across, you've got to be ahead of the man to clear it. You've got to be ahead of the man to get it and knock it out for a corner. And he, he's not. He's just standing there ball watching. There was a brilliant photograph that was kicking about Twitter, and I think it's on Mark's website, where if you look at it, there are four Rangers players in a line watching the ball, none of them watching the Thistle players running in. It's just basic. And like I say, we've conceded that goal before. I, I'm, I'm concerned because, like I say, people... I hear complaining a lot about the forwards and the midfielders. If you score two goals away from home and you're Rangers, I think you should be winning the game. It's as simple as I really believe that. And I think we are scoring goals. I think if you look at last season, it's, it's not even comparable. This is a team that is capable of putting the ball in the net. The question is, is it a team that's capable of keeping the ball out of the net? Because we should have won that match the other night. We, we took the lead. Your Rangers taking the lead. And like I say, going out to score two goals, that should be automatic. We should be getting three points there. Especially against a side as limited as, as Partick, who haven't won a match this season. They're not a good team. Yes, as the manager says, teams play more aggressively against us and they're much more up for it. But you're going to have to get used to that because that is not going to change. That is a fact of Scottish football. We've said it ourselves. Kevin Thompson said it on the, uh, on the podcast he did with us. That... Teams come out and Rangers are the cup final. Even ahead of Celtic, Rangers are the cup final. I will exempt Thistle from that slightly because they only went down 1-0 and should have had a penalty in the last minute against Celtic. So it just is incredibly disappointing. To slightly happier news, I suppose, or, or, or images from the game, when the ball went through to Morelos at his goal, I knew it was going in. And I've spoken to other people who said exactly the same thing. This guy has that ability to generate that feeling in you that he is going to score. If you get him into a position like that, he is going to put the ball away. And I can't think of it. Maybe Jelovic was the last one that we had that, that gave you that feeling. Just a proper striker that you think, if you make him a chance, then he is going to put it away. Or he's at least going to make the keeper make a, a terrific save. There is, and an, an totally agree, and... It's actually really enjoyable to see that when you consider some of the strikers obviously we've, we've let go recently where I, I don't think I shared any of that confidence that I've got in Morelos. There is an argument to say that he lost the rag a little bit and lashed out uh, against the Thistle player when he had a couple of digs at him and potentially that's a little bit of a silly side which is probably just frustrating. He's going to have to get used to that because every defender in Scotland who plays against them will be told, pressed up against them and get in his face, antagonise him, and he's got to learn not to not to bite. <clears throat> and I don't want to say it's a little bit of Latin temperament or any of those other kind of cliches, but I think that there's a there's a point to that. There is a point which, and I'm kind of diverging slightly, which I do want to come back to, which is yet again. There is a, a real problem with where I'm, I'm seeing um, officials not being held to task for blatant, blatant errors. In our game alone, the, 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 there should have been a dismissal for the tackle on Jack. In the first half. The, in the first half. 
and and we were talking during the game and and, and actually as much as we didn't turn up until the 78th minute neither did Colin when he did dismiss the lad for a terrible one and again slight tangent all credit to Alan Archibald for coming straight out after the game and saying it was a red card the yeah. boy deserved it Yeah. however that is yet another example of where we cannot rely on any kind of form of decision to assist us and what I'm I'm kind of probably is, is a good yardstick for where we are as Rangers fans at the moment is I have heard very very little rumbling around the, the whole idea of we should have beaten them because we had a man extra actually everyone now just I, I think seems to have kind of skated past that point and actually says well you know we, we are incapable at the moment of going on a run of winning four games in a row so the result is somewhat inevitable and it's completely non-surprising Completely, completely unsurprising yeah. to those who have been watching it, but just it's so obvious that there is there is nothing that we can do at the moment which will then see these officials being been probably overhauled in terms of what's actually happening. And it wasn't even at the weekend, David. It wasn't even just our game that that fell victim to that. In Hibs game. There was a penalty that should have been given, wasn't, and a penalty was given where it wasn't a penalty. Mm. Well, I don't and think there's any. What I will say in Column's defence is, and he made some bizarre decisions. The one at the end where two Thistle players are lying on the ball and he awards a free kick to them simply because it's the last minute and he doesn't, you know, we all know he doesn't want to, to do if he, anything. If he, gives, if he gives a penalty for that, uh, well, he can't. Uh, be an indirect he, free he, kick. There would have been but, an yeah, odd slot but, in the media. But, but even so, yeah, he is an indirect free kick to us because they are deliberately blocking the ball while not attempting to play it. I mean, you, you're a ref, you know this. But they always give it to the defence. It's just automatic. It's it's a little bit like pushing and shoving at a corner. You know it's that. Like it's like fouling the keeper. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier just to, to blow the whistle. And as soon as they went down and the ball actually said, you know, that's he's, he's going to blow for them, and he did. Um, but what I will say for Colin is that I think he's just at times a bad referee. I don't think he's he's bent, and it says something about certain other referees in this league that I don't feel that way when they're refereeing. Is I think that decisions like that are almost preordained. Whereas in this instance, I, I just think that Colin has made mostly correct decisions all night and a, a couple of bad ones, which which you know have hurt us. There's no doubt about that. It did hurt us, but. Um, to, to to other other things then, Josh Windass. What a frustrating player Josh Windass is. And after one of his better spells in a Rangers jersey against Dundee last week, again, especially that last half hour, just went missing when it got difficult. Then compounds it by by a gesture which uh, could have seen him receive a ban, but even the compliant officer understood that after letting off Lafferty and after letting off Lennon with it, he really couldn't do anything about this one. But he could have got in trouble for it, there's no doubt about that. The boy has the brains of a small fridge magnet, and what I'm assuming is, because if you look at him, he's quite a handsome fella, and his dad is, is Dean Windass, so I'm assuming that Dean Windass must have married a model and that Josh got her looks in his dad's brains. Yeah, and I think it's it's karma, isn't it? Because when uh, we are coming out and making daft statements like Lennon could have incited a riot, I suppose it then comes down to DC 
small, ugly ginger people celebrating more offensive than someone giving you the wanker sign. Yeah. Now, in, ne- in Windass's defence... Yeah, neither can incite say- a riot. Neither should. If that incites a riot, it's because the rioters are pricks. Yeah, exactly. But then at the same point, if he was going to do it any ground, uh, Furthill was probably the best one to do it because anyone who saw that in home support probably spat out their, their tofu and, you know, they're like, oh, look at this ruffian doing... Neville, Neville, <laughs> and, and and so they probably were just more aghast than offended. But it's a stupid thing to do, and I think if you watch how he started the season, fundamentally what I would do, what I would do is if I was Coutinho, is I would just turn around to him and, and, and show him what he did at the start of the season, and the fact that he hit the ground running. And I'm like, so because of your stupidity, potentially you could have missed the Celtic game. Potentially you could have missed uh, Tuesday night if, if you know they decided to. Slap immediate bands and all that shit. Says, but potentially that that's a, that's a that's a game that you could have missed because of stupidity. Why? Because when he did it, and I get why the fans were doing it right. It happens at fucking every ground in the world, David. Right? So see, if that had happened to us and they were on the and, and you know they were on the ascendancy, I would want to break up the play. I'd have fucking kicked the ball away. I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, definitely. But but the thing is, you can't allow that to get to you. No, you and can't. If, if it does, and that that. Aims, you know, in its way to, okay, let's start gesticulating towards the fans and all that. It's just daft. It's just stupid. Well, also, if it can get to, if you show, if you sell it, if you show that it can get to you, then you're going to get it more and more because you, you, you've shown that you will respond to that kind of behaviour, as opposed to if you just laugh it off and get on with the game. Also, it's also clear it takes your focus off the game. And like I say, he disappeared towards the end, really, when we needed him. Um, <laughs> when other guys had stepped up to the plate, he, I think, had, had completely disappeared. And like I say, Cammy's frustrating, because he is talented. But it's it's getting to the stage of, you know, Templeton-esque, of, oh, there's a player in there. Uh, aye, well, you're, you're going to need a fucking excavating team to, to get it out, and we don't have time for that. Now, Kenny Miller, I thought, had another really poor game. Didn't last all that long, 50-odd minutes, before he was taken off. And the manager has said uh, today that he's going to... He's giving him tomorrow off completely. He won't, he won't be in the squad. Now, that's either a very, very kind gesture or maybe a, a, a reflection that the manager is beginning to realise that Kenny, Model Pro, etc. isn't doing enough in the side. And, and Model Pro and senior player and... You know, probably one of the fan favourites um, of most fans, but he's just not doing enough to be in the side. And again, we our big summer spends. We're on the Mexicans, and we're going to have to integrate them soon, because the longer that they're sitting out, the more the pressure builds on them for when they do eventually get into the team. Well, <clears throat> well, they do, but then, but then, Kenny, Kenny, model pro that he is. I think spat his dummy out a little bit when he when he was getting taken off, uh, and I think that what I would put back to Miller at that stage is to say, well, what are you doing? This what, what what are you doing that means that you deserve to stay in the park? Yeah, that's and, two very and, poor games in a row. Yeah, and and there's a, there's an increasing number of the fan base who don't believe he deserves a start, and I suppose that the 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 most frustrating thing from that is. The only reason why he's in the team is because there isn't someone at the moment playing well enough to replace him. Mm. <clears throat> and before anyone starts with this, and it just seems to keep cropping up and cropping up, well, you know, if we had Garner who's scoring, if we had Waghorn who's scoring, 
fucking even a Haller in this. These guys weren't scoring when they did get opportunities. So let's not start this pish around, yeah, if they were in the team at the moment, they would definitely be scoring because they were given opportunities and, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, th- there's arguments for... So I, I think he's right. Don't get wrong. I think I think he's right to drop him, which is probably what he's done, but just done it in a nice way, if that makes sense. It does. Um, but we spoke before, David, <clears throat> excuse me, about... Um, Miller is a big influence in the dressing room. And I had said at the time I would prefer it if Coutinho is going to drop him. That he drops him. No one's big in the club. No one's big in the team, etc., etc. And actually, if, if Miller has got this attitude that he is playing well enough that he deserves to be in the in in, in the first team, whether it's as a start or a sub, I would like him to show me evidence of that because he's not. No, he's not. And if he thinks that, then he probably needs to have his thought process recalibrated by the manager. Because he's not playing well enough. He's not doing anything. He's not contributing anything. He's becoming a hindrance more than a help. And you've just hit the nail on the head when you're saying, if a chance falls to Morelos, you're fairly comfortable he will either convert it or get a shot on target. I don't even fucking think the ball would... would I think any shot Miller hits at the moment goes out for a shy. Mm. That's how bad he's playing. I think so, that the, the, there is a feeling though that he's a handy guy to have for an for an old firm game, which is born out of Listen, absolutely, I, I totally and that, I, and I understand that thought process because he he usually pops up with a goal against. That, that's the thing. Even when he's and I've written him off several times, and he's popped up with you know the bigger matches when it was Hibs, you know, and then the championship with Celtic. He does have a remarkable knack of putting the ball away, and I think that he's one of the few players on our side that. They won't fear. I mean, that that would be a, a foolish thing to say. But they'll be aware that he has this habit of popping up and, and scoring a goal. But I agree. Ryan Jack uh, got a lot of criticism for saying that the biggest game this week is, is tomorrow night. Well, he's right. It's the biggest game this week right now because it's the first one. Um, and that always is the biggest game. It's also the cup. And the fact is, is that we have to step up our performance. We know what we're going to face. I mean, there's really no... There's no reason for us not to go out there and put right the errors. I mean, how often in football do you get a chance to almost instantly rerun a disappointing match and should be getting the the result that you want? We do have some injuries where the manager said that Lee Wallace is going to be out for the foreseeable future, as are Nico Cranshaw with a knee injury and the cursed Jordan Rossiter, which I think is a disappointment for a lot of people who felt that Rossiter maybe get a game tomorrow night and then would come in. Um, to, to stiffen up the midfield we also might have a bit of a kind of fullback crisis because new signing Elton John uh, who played the other night when, when Lee Wallace went off he picked up an injury too what were your thoughts on, on Elton because I felt that he looks like Lee Wallace Mark too, and that yet again he looks pretty good going forward and not all that safe at the back so I'm, I'm calling him mustard because of the you know, his name in the team shoot would be D. John. I like that. Um, that's a Fur Hill joke, by the way. No, um, I, 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 it's, it's kind of tough to describe, to be honest with you. He, he's, he's come into a game that's probably in a bit of a stramash. He, 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 he came on when he probably wasn't expecting to get anyone near the park. Um, so there's a little bit of rabbit in the headlights. He's going to have to take time to acclimatise to it. Um, the... the I suppose the, the the concerning thing more than anything else is that he's he's he, he got flung into the game on Friday night. 
if he plays, and assuming that he will, because he wasn't immediately ruled out, unlike the players that you've just mentioned. Um, Should be alright for um, Saturday, according to Pedro. Yeah, which is fine. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about alternatives in a minute. I, I think it's just it's a difficult spell for him to come in and embed him in the team. Um, so I would I would like to have seen him probably not playing a less ramped up run of games. So League Cup quarter final tomorrow night, then the old firm game on Saturday, and you know looking, you know how's your father? And I think that that's where is the merit to potentially considering other options like for example potentially putting Danny Wilson in there instead of him and putting in a little bit of experience because um, I do genuinely believe that if we go down that right flank Patrick Roberts will carve him open if he starts getting cause it, and, I, and, I, and that, that's, that's unfair against Elton because I'm not necessarily saying that he couldn't handle Roberts but he doesn't have enough game confidence to get him into a position where he could do that well. And we've seen players crumble in old firm games. Actually, players who were pretty reliable, but they've crumbled in old firm games. Um, and if I was Brendan Rodgers, I would be absolutely targeting that boy as a, as a vulnerability in that back four. Um, so it, it's just a tough period for him to come in. So Coutinho will play him. All right, he will play him. I would like him to play tomorrow night play really well, get some confidence in him and then consolidate his position for, for Saturday for the whole firm game. Um, but then that said, he, he would have to have a very, very convincing game tomorrow. Well, as I said, uh, I don't think he's going to make the game tomorrow. So he's not right, OK. Well, then in that instance, I would say whoever he plays tomorrow night in his place starts on Saturday. Probably Hodgson. Because, but, because I, don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's fair in the boy that we will probably level a lot of criticism towards him if he misses tomorrow then gets fired into a team on Saturday and, as I say, has his arse handed to him. And and that would be nothing about him as a player. It would probably be against what is a fairly decent Celtic flank. Yeah, and you saw what happened to young Beerman when he was put into that, that last season. I, I do kind of like your hearkening back to the old days of Walter there. Or why not just go the whole hog and chuck Bates in at right back and go with four centre-halves? Uh, the, the, the classic Walter style. Yeah, it's true, but then uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's but you, you need you need to have a solid back four, and there's 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 merit actually to them being able to say, well, if I'm being perfectly honest, I would like David Bates to play in that position and the first opportunity to get put Patrick Roberts through the fucking govern. Yeah, but you know, I, I've said this already, and I'm telling you, it will happen. Ryan Jack will get smashed in the first 10 to 15 minutes in, on Saturday. So why can't we go out with a bit of a message of our own? Because I'm, I'm telling you, David, it will happen. Jack is rapidly developing into one of our more important players. Uh, although he was taken off the other night as we went for it a bit. Um, but I kind of understood that because we didn't quite need the defensive side of the game as much at that point. That, that uh, horse had long escaped the stable. And Graham Doran's as he proved, is more capable of doing something in the final third. And, and like I say with Dons, I, I've been a little bit critical on the show that I was maybe expecting a bit more from an attacking sense. But like I say, when people are criticising the midfield and the attack, I think that one thing Dorans and Jack can both point to is we have dramatically 
toughened up this midfield. We have dramatically plugged gaps in this midfield to what you had last season. And I do think that the back four are not doing enough. Now, we do use our fullbacks in an attacking sense, and it does lead to stuff. I don't I don't want to, to people saying to me, well, you know, you don't complain when they do something that leads to a shot or a goal. You're absolutely correct. But a fullback surely has to, to be able to do more defensively and it, and it worries me that it that it doesn't happen. So we've got our game tomorrow night then, Cammy. We obviously don't have time to do a separate preview show of it. What do you do differently? Because you're going to have to make changes. You're going to have to because of injury and you, you know the manager's already said that Kenny Mills got to drop out. We're assuming Herrera would play but it could be Peña in a, in a kind of 4 4 one There's all different permutations. And do we even look further at fringe players who, who aren't getting near the side at the moment? I'm thinking along the lines of players like Dalcio, that type of guy. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Dalcio brings to the table, and and I suppose that's really disappointing actually. Because I, I mean, one of the biggest things I wanted in the in the transfer window, and I actually thought to a certain extent, Coutinho would live or die by his signings, was a very a very good, very solid transfer window where we brought in players who merited being at the club, and. I'm sorry, but the more I, 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 I can, I do heart back to this point. Nico Cranchar, I, I, I don't know why he's at Rangers. I don't. I genuinely don't well, because Pedro, he, he's, didn't, he's, Pedro didn't bring him in. He's, he's not. But that's why what I've said to you is, oh, we had to have a strong summer transfer signing to be able to bring in players who could contribute because we had too many passengers at that stage. Sendros again, another one for example. So we had to bring in players who were going to contribute and. Dalcio doesn't even seem to be part of the manager's thinking at the moment. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's what he's he's planning doing with him. We can only suspect that it go. That's why <coughs> you know I brought his name up as a kind of should we be looking at him? But I can understand why why we aren't because if he let's face it, if the guy has been a star in training, there's no way that he's not making the first team. We're not playing well enough uh, for for that. Nobody has nailed uh, that left wing position as of yet. So. If he was standing out, then you would think we would be seeing more of him. So, I think yeah, but the only the only way that happens though is that uh, Windass continues his form from the start of the season, which we've already covered. He hasn't, and and you're right. But listen, that that's you know again you've you've hit the nail on the head. He hasn't done like no no player within that team, as far as I'm concerned, um, with the probable exceptions of maybe the centre halves, Jack and Dorans, and certainly Morelos have merited remaining within that team. Candace, I think, has, has done brilliantly on the right on the right flank. Um, I think that he could so contribute another, more in so terms of... That's another... Aye, right. I know what you're going to say. He could contribute more in terms of delivery, etc. I don't think he can. If he could, he wouldn't be with us. There's a reason he's he's with us. There's well, a reason what, he's in what, Scotland. What, yeah, but what I'm going to say, though, David, is I don't think it's so much... Because, actually, I think, he's, I think his ability to deliver crosses is very, very good. Um... The problem I've got is that he does the same thing too many times, and so what he needs to do is he needs to mix and match as to whether or not he, he, you know, what he's going to be able to deliver. And time and time again, you saw that against Thistle. But anyway, yeah. to get back to your point, I, I think that the the, the Dalcio now has, has probably put himself into that bracket where he is a fringe player. Um, there is nothing coming from the club in terms of saying that he's not, you know, working off a knock or he's got an injury that he's going to. 
Uh, we've covered obviously what's happening with, with Pena Herrera. I don't know if he's quite there yet at the moment in terms of where where he's at for match fitness. Um, personally speaking, tomorrow I would like to start Pena um, with Morelos in front of him, um, and if he plays well, that is who I would that is who I would start against Celtic, because what I do like about Pena is that he's big and physical. He's very central and he's very direct. Um, there's still an element to him which I think is a bit of an unknown quantity. So in actual fact, that that puts the guessing game back towards Celtic for Saturday. But for tomorrow night, as near as damn it, I would like to be able to see a team that plays tomorrow that he plans to start on Saturday. Uh, we usually do predictions uh, as part of our uh, your Ladbrokes bet. And Cammy, of course, gave everybody the 4-1 victory against India. I hope you were on it. But we're so up and down <laughs> that it's, it's difficult. I mean... I think we'll win tomorrow night, but over and above, I mean, it could very well be an after extra time job because you really don't know what Rangers are going to do over the course of 90 minutes. I suspect there will be large periods of the game that we dominate. My concern is, in the periods of the game that we're not dominating, will we... Well, two things. One, in the period of the game that we are dominating, will we put away enough chances... Because we could kill the game in the first half, but we haven't done so very often. And secondly, when they have their spell in the game, which is kind of inevitable, it will happen in football, are we resolute enough to hold them out? And it can go either way, that's the thing. We spoke earlier this season about fine margins. A thing just dropping one way or another. All of our games this season have been close. And they've boiled down to maybe a decision or a period in play. Very small margins, you know. And... Sometimes we've got away with it. The missed header that Dundee had against us when he really should have scored and we then go up and score a second, changes our game. The other night where during that 15-minute period, not only do they score, but they score the second and then we are chasing and we just don't get enough back. That's that's the problem. In a game of fine margins, unfortunately, it can fall on either side of it. I think we have more than enough to beat Partick Thistle. I also think that they should have, given the amount that they had to put into the game the other night, we should be a bit fresher because they obviously had to not only all the running about in the first half, but then play with ten men. I, I think we will win, but I mean to give a score prediction, I'll say two one to Rangers, but it wouldn't surprise me if it went to extra time. Yeah, so listen, I understand that, but then I suppose your question is how how badly Thistle wanted it more from the start of the second half on Friday night, and. What what I would expect is that they try to 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 replicate that tomorrow night. Your challenge there is whether or not they can do it. But for us, we need to be able to go out and and, and this is this is where the key kind of difficulty is. What 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 Jackie said is totally right. Okay, let's just take it one game at a time. The most important game for us this week is the quarterfinal on paper, right? Everything just fan will know it's Saturday, right? So, I, I, listen, I can totally understand that. However, if you're saying to me, would I like to get, would I like to win the League Cup, lose one old fun game, and win the following three? Absolutely. So, to a certain extent, I would like tomorrow to be a bit of a formality. So, if we can come out the blocks running and, and, and really, you know, hit it from the from the get go. Actually, I would like to see the game potentially put to bed by half time. I don't think we're capable of doing that. So I think probably 2 or 3-1 is probably a, 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 a good prediction. Um, 
but the other thing about being able to try and as I say come out come out the traps quickly and then and then be a bit more ruthless and put the game to bed etc is that we then don't potentially risk any further injuries for Saturday as well um, because I, 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 I'm not too focused on Saturday as a as an indicator of how the rest of the season will go but I want Celtic to have a game on Saturday I want us to be able to put up a good contest and we're only really going to be able to do that with is what we hope is near as our ideal first 11 as, as possible so you're right, we should be able to see Thistle out. I, I don't know how high the League Cup ranks in their priorities because you say they've had a bad, a bad start to the season. I think if they play like they did on Friday night, they will improve that league position. Um, but that being said, I, I still think that they'll fancy themselves given how Friday turned out. I think so. And um, like I say, though, I, I would fancy it strongly. And I think, you know, might be a chance for the young kid from Ansari, uh Namain, to come in, or Namani to come in. Um, I do think that being able to mix it up a little bit might help us freshen up the side because Thistle were able to adapt quite quickly to what we did, as you say, at the start of the second half and then they had changed their system to a 3-5-2 to, to cope with us. So maybe having in a Peña or whatever uh, or in a main uh, would help us to have a little bit of a different a different approach to the game and not be quite so predictable. I, 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 think, I think he has to, but then the, the, the point to that is Theoretically, if he was talking about Hodgson being involved on Saturday, he has to play tomorrow. And and I'm I'm just I'm just kind of calling it out as, as we're kind of questioning potentially is that you know what he looks at from a left back perspective, or what his options are going to be. Um, if Hodgson if if Hodgson's going to be involved, if that's his if that's his forward thinking plan, if if he does suspect that Hodgson will have to be involved on Saturday, he has to get game time tomorrow. And I think that's only fair, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, anyone who's playing Saturday has to play tomorrow night, I think. Really? Yeah. Or, 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 well, that's unfair. You know, Miller being a case in point, that, I don't mean that. What I mean is, anyone who hasn't been playing regularly, who the manager suspects is going to have to play on Saturday, should be playing tomorrow night for that for that reason, to, to get some minutes into their legs. It's, it's crucial. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... You're in a hide into nothing. To be fair, if you if you play against Celtic, and as I say, your game time up to that point has been minimal or non-existent. Yeah, it's, it's tough enough as it is. Uh, but what uh, I wanted to touch on then, just before we wrap up for for today, is there was an issue that it happens every so often. I know it can be a bit of a, a debating point. Well, I, I say that. I, in my everyone I've ever met falls on one side of this, and I would suspect around about. 80 or 90% of the Rangers support falls on one side of it the same side that I fall on and I suspect you'll fall on but on Rangers social media the other night there was a little bit of a storm because a chap came on and he said he couldn't attend the old firm match on Saturday and he was looking to sell a season ticket and someone said well I'll, I'll take it um, how much and the guy said oh no I want bids and I'll sell it to the highest bidder and was immediately you know, leapt on, and I must admit, I was in amongst that because, for me, it was it was drummed into me as a kid that you give if you can't use a ticket, you give it to a mate, and you don't charge. And I've given my ticket and been given a ticket literally hundreds of times over the years from friends, and never, never once uh, has money changed hands. Bought them a drug, well, you know what I mean? It, that kind of thing, but. The idea, even if I if I was getting given my ticket to be sold, 
it would be face value. I couldn't, in good conscience, charge a bear a penny over face value. It just it, it wouldn't occur to me. And given the reaction, I think most Rangers fans felt like that. Other people said, it's the guy's ticket. He can do what he likes with it. It's capitalism. If he has it and somebody's willing to pay X amount of hundreds of pounds for it, then it's the law of supply and demand. But as I say that, that was always something that was drummed into me that it's an internal market and the price of a ticket is whatever the official price of a ticket is, not a penny more. And also, if someone offers you a ticket, you pay them that amount. You don't offer them less. So if a guy's standing outside Ibrox with a ticket that says £26 on it, you don't give him 15 you give him £26. What's your thoughts on that, Cammy? Um, David, I'm the same as you. I mean, um, I, I've not been able to get a season ticket this year because of upcoming weddings, which unfortunately I have to pay for because, you know, she's so demanding. Um, but she's already been told that once we get past the new year, my season ticket will be getting taken back out again. Yay. So, so I've, been, I've been fortunate enough with the fact that I have a ticket for Saturday from a, a good friend of mine, Ross. Um, Ross hasn't accepted a penny for it. I will get him something, though, and as a wee thank you and stuff as well. But I'm the same as you. I've taken tickets off of mates. I've given tickets to other people and stuff. If, like, for example, I couldn't attend. There's a couple of things to that. I think the thing is, um, Rangers obviously do quite a proactive buyback scheme. And I know that we have kind of altered that slightly in recent years so that, you know, theoretically we could give it to, and this is even really blase, but I think, you know what I mean, a slightly disenfranchised group, so potentially elderly people with potential disabilities, um, veterans, etc. We've done stuff like that with them, which is, listen, really commendable, and I totally get that. I think the problem that I've always had, and the wee voice at the back of my head is, that if I give my ticket to you, right, then I know that you'll go along, you'll behave yourself, all well and good. The problem is if you give your ticket to some guy, a season ticket, to some guy who sits in your seat and could potentially be a complete banger, Rangers, and, and I've been involved in this with them on behalf of other people when you and I were involved within the RST, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, take a very dim view of the fact that you have given some potential banger your seat, he goes along and starts acting the, you know, the dick, and then all of a sudden, you know, we start interrogating, you know, who's your ticket from well, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but that, that's, a different, that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't, I tend yeah. not, not to ever so, sell a ticket, I tend to just give it to a friend because yeah, of that, exactly. people so, I trust. So but the, the, only, the only tickets I've ever sold have been paper tickets, which have really nothing to do with me. Yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll give it to Joe Bloggs, I don't care, because at the end of the day, that's it. And probably at that stage, all I'm looking to really do is, exactly as you say, is probably recoup the money I've already spent, yeah, not totally. make a profit on it. And I've done that before at, at, like, on the day, I remember. A few years ago after Manchester, and then not winning the league and everything, we were playing Queen of the South in the Scottish Cup final. And I was yeah. just like, nah, I can't face it. I just, you know, we've just uh, been through so much. And then on the day of the game, I was like, what do you think, you absolute tube? Of course you want to go at this. frigging cup final. And I went and I bought a ticket outside from a guy who had a spare. And he, he charged me what the price was on the ticket. And, you know, that's what you do. What's your views on people looking to profit by it? Is it just, it's a capitalist system and that's the way it goes? Or... I mean, th- this incident took place on the Follow Follow Facebook page, which myself and Mark um, and, and Stuart administer, and we cut the post and, and banned the guy because what we, we our view on it was, you can yeah yeah. I mean, people can say it's all right. It's not all right in here. You're not allowed to do it. And on Mark's website, there's an area for tickets. You're not allowed to either sell or buy for under face value. That's the rule. What's your view on people asking for more 
than the ticket is being sold for. I think it's. I, I think to be honest with you, I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit kind of. There's, there's two thoughts. I, I, I don't like it. I would never do it. I wouldn't advocate people doing it. However, there is also a part of me that's put thousands and thousands of pounds into Rangers via season tickets. And you know, and I know, that when you're a season ticket holder, one of the first things you look at is probably home games versus them and also Aberdeen, where possible, obviously, pre-split. Because for me... Actually, if you were to tier your ticket prices, those would be the highest value. Games at home versus Ross County, etc. Couldn't really give two shits about. But you'll go because you want to go. So, actually, the largest percentage of the desire for you to either take or renew a season ticket is for those games. So, I get that. Um, so, I knew a guy who... Say, I knew a guy. Basically, was my ex's dad. And he was a season ticket holder at the Piggery. Your ex had smashing tits. It wasn't her. Oh. Um, so... Can we just take a minute to think about that ex's tits? No, that's fine. And listen, by all means, enjoy yourself, and I'm sure you will as soon as we finish recording. No, However... He ain't kidding. He, uh, he refused to go to all fun games. And when when I found that out, apart from the fact, obviously, I mean, he had zero respect for me anyway because of his fucking background, but that plummeted into, like, the negatives. Because I was like, uh, there is no way I would actually seriously consider buying season tickets if... Through my own choice, I didn't go to the old fun games. Well, he was a it, he was a Celtic supporter. Yeah, yeah. Listen, at least you ploughed his daughter, and as we've said before, they're from practicing on not marrying. So well done, son. Correct. Um, and I was just like, well, listen, do you know what? Fair fucks to you. And he gave away his ticket for free, and I was like, fair enough. But do you know what? I'd love to be. I'd love to be the mate of his because he gave it to the same guy mm. who was like, I'm basically getting two old fun tickets for free every year. Well, you're paying five hundred quid for going along to other games, which you, you don't care about. And I don't like the idea of bears profit and all other bears. To be fair, David, we saw this for the for the Manchester Cup final. Yeah, and you you saw fucking massively, you know, inflated ticket prices. And I think that you have to take into context that I don't think too many people, including a lot of people who that was facilitated through Mark's website, really became. I don't think they were grudging it because it was a once in a lifetime. Um, but that being said, I think that if you're really going to advertise something like that, be more sensible. And even if you can't fucking sell it, give it to somebody who maybe might not even. Like, I've taken, like, my old flatmate, Glenn, who's a still an Albion fan. I gave him an old fun ticket once because I was like, you'll never you'll never encounter an atmosphere like He went as a total neutral. Mm. And he said it's one of the best games of football he's ever been to. But I gave it to him because I was like, listen, just go and enjoy yourself. I don't care. I don't want money off you. I don't want anything else. Surely there must be, if you've got a ticket going spare, there must be someone that you know that you could give it to. That, in actual fact, you're not looking for a whole load and you're certainly looking for a profit. If you sold it to a Rangers fan, for fuck's sake, just sell it at face value. Don't try and fucking rip MD off. See, that's that's just it with me. And I do get, well, you know, supply and demand, uh, I do get at the end of the day, if, if someone isn't willing to pay more than that, then it wouldn't be worth it. But I just think that you are playing on the desperation of other fans and you're playing on other fans' loyalty. And I just think when it when it comes down to it that we use the term Rangers family for a good reason because it is. And this, to me, is out with that. This, to me, then, is just... I, I, I just don't like it. And, it, like I say, people were... Some of 
other people had said to us on, on Mark's page on Facebook had said, well, you know, the, the guy's entitled to do it. And what we said is he is entitled to do it. He's just not doing it here because we don't agree with it. And therefore it's not happening on here. And I stick by that because I, it's just the way I was brought up. It's just, and in fact, it's the way everybody I know was, was brought up that you do not tout tickets. You just do not do it. It doesn't matter how big the match is. And in case people are saying, well, what about Manchester? Friend of ours, Ian McCall, Got uh, got a ticket and gave it to his son because he wanted his son to experience it, which fair enough. But then he got two tickets uh, later on, you know, through through another a friend of his uh, for face value, and he gave one to Scott for face value. So I don't believe that everyone would do it, and I don't believe that that it's it's just human nature. I think that if you are more than just a fan of a team who plays in blue, if you buy into this, if you buy into what we are and the culture and the togetherness and the sense of, you know, we are one family and what we've been through together, then you do not do that. And I just can't understand why somebody would would do that and think it fine to do it in a kind of public space full of Rangers supporters. So, listen, we're quite prepared to accept that this might not be the universal view, please let us know. If you want to do that, you can get in touch with us uh, on Facebook. Uh, search for follow, follow on Facebook. You'll find Mark's page there. But uh, we're at Heart and Hand, uh, and you can't take tickets on there either. You can let us know on Twitter. I'm at Ibrox Rocks. Cameron is... At Beat That Beat. And uh, Scott is at Scott Heart Hand. And just, as I say, let us know, is it something that you would do? Is it something you are vehemently against? And we'll get the tone for it. Because maybe, maybe Cammy, we're old-fashioned, and maybe it's something that would have happened in the past that we will continue, but maybe it's something that is dying out. I don't know. But certainly, my experience over even the last few seasons is that if I have been getting a ticket from a friend, it's been face value. And even then, you generally have to force them to take the money. But, it, you know, you'll be like, no, hang on, you paid 30 quid for this ticket if it's an away ticket or whatever. I'm going to give you the money for it. So and it's an interesting one. And like I say, I'm quite prepared to believe that maybe... We, a lot of things have passed us back over the years, mate. So maybe this is one of them. I get yeah, but David, what, what you need to remember though is that it wasn't <clears throat> that long ago in the grand scheme of things where you wouldn't even buy a fucking round, much less a, a ticket for the game. So, I mean, that's that's just simple facts. Uh, it's economics. Cameron, David doesn't pay. Cameron, that was different. That <laughs> was because I was. Gracing you with my presence. You're charging me for your company. Absolutely. It's like, hang on a minute. There's you, right? And and with all due respect to you, Cami, you're like a sort of Ainsley League version of me, right? You're sort of like (laughs) you're sort of like one of those Chinese toys, right? That instead of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are called Super Crazy Happy Turtles, right? Yeah, Super Super Jedi. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of yeah, toys. Yes, that that's you, right? And then I turn up the Davy Edgar, your actual, the original and best, right? Now, of course, I'm going to get somebody like you to buy me drinks. I mean, for fuck's sake, you should be honoured to do so. So uh, that was different, but I still would never charge you for a ticket. 
No, that's true. That's true. You, you know, you did have some models. I mean, not many. Not many, but that's one of them. To find. Yeah, but that's one. Do but you there somewhere. Do you remember that game we sat together in the enclosure and the guy next to me recognised me? It was during the trust yeah. days, and he bought me so a embarrassing. He bought me a cheeseburger. And a juice. I thought, yeah, he got you. He got you a burger, a pie or something. Like that. I thought, I yeah, uh, and I remember. It's because I had me gone. It's because I had me gone up you were, to the. You were, you, I didn't know what to do, but I hadn't. He didn't ask me. He just brought them, and then you said, "Where did you get them?" Because I hadn't gone up, and I'm like, yeah. the, "The guy bought me them," and you just started fucking blistering the poor cunt. And I'm sat there, and I'm like, "What the? I mean, they eat this? They're, you know, it's a bit weird." Yeah, I, I remember seeing it, and then the thing is, I, I just remember sitting there, and I was, and I don't necessarily think of myself as being an overtly jealous guy, especially not when it comes to you know people like you. But I was just so angry <laughs> at, your, at your your full celebrity status of are you Davy Edgar off the trust? <laughs> oh mate, I'll, wait, I'll run up to the fucking stalls. I'm like, oh for fuck's sake! I hope that guy, I hope that guy listens to this podcast. I, I want him to identify himself if he does. See if and he does. You know what? I want I want him to buy me a burger. No, see if he. The last thing you need somebody to buy you is a burger, especially with your wedding coming up. You have a suit to shut, fit in. Honestly, shut you up. You have a suit to fit in, and uh, tell me you've at least. But Cammy's got a habit of right. He's he's he fluctuates between being uh, I'd say a large and an extra large. But he was once a medium, and he refuses to buy clothes that aren't in the size of medium still. And bravely fits into them. Tell me you've at least bought a suit that actually fits you. Well, because I'm actually a proud Scotsman, I'm hiding a kilt. And not only that, I'm hiding two kilts. Um, You're not that so, big. It's not dingo. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm attaching them both together. I, I might occasionally slag you off for having a yeah. wee bit of a gut, right, but I'm not right, calling right, you that you know, size. Right, do you know what? Right, actually, this brings me on to a very, very, very good point, and I'm glad that you've reminded me about it, David, as well, because um, for those people who won't know, because I'm not you know, as famous as David Edgar Football Club, nope. um, but I'm getting married in Las Vegas. And uh, the way how the kind of timings have worked out, there's only four of us going over, me, her, our sister, and our sister's man. Sister's man's a big Hibs fan as well, by the way. But he listens to this podcast because, you know, I'm converting him slowly but surely. Absolutely. And um, Hold on, we'll speak and, to him. Hello, mate, eh? We're like, gonna get some heroin, eh? There you go, that's a little bit for him. There we go, perfect. And um, do, you know what I, I, do you know what I'd love to do? Wear this season's home top across in Las Vegas <laughs> because we're going out and we're going to do like a... Rangers and Hibs type thing We'll wear the kilts And we'll have like A wee boys day out And all that kind of stuff However When the fuck Are we getting Supplies of the home kit And much less that Also away kits as well When is this happening? Absolutely um, I, We were told October So Just basically Well were we not initially told September? No I, yet, I, I, Well maybe we is were Is when the clocks go back? Yeah maybe we were But I've only had In my head It being October That That's that's only so still a little yeah. a little early, but but to, but to come back to your point, the easiest thing to do is there's no point if you gain weight and buy new wardrobes, right? I know that people do it when they join fucking Slimming World and they go in the other direction and they lose weight and like oh no none fits me anymore it's too big all that. Just take my tactic and what to do is if you've got a t-shirt that's getting a wee bit too snug on you, uh, wear it to bed and just roll about in it and you know and eventually you'll stretch that motherfucker so that I mean it's still pretty tight but. You know, there's no need no need for the extra expenditure, David. It's funny rolling about in a bed and stretching. It was something I did with your missus to get her in the mood for the, the wedding. Boom! Oh, headshot. Fucking have that. 
headshot that's that fucking cancelling the ceremony might as well roll credits now bud we're not going to top that um, oh. ok folks we'll be back later in the week with our Old Firm preview uh, until then good luck tomorrow night to the jails hopefully they'll let our fans into the fucking stadium on time this time after the disgraceful scenes the other night where they were half an hour before a lot of our punters got in Cameron your message to the people before we go uh, enjoy yourselves, troops. Uh, I'm fairly sure that I don't get to do two shows back to back, so I won't speak to you before the whole fun game on, on, on Saturday. So, as I'm sure David will say in the preview pod, uh, stay safe, enjoy it, uh, and let's hope for a really positive result. Uh, season the semi finals of the League Cup, and also after pumping Celtic at the weekend. Well, you did get the you did get the flagship show, so I mean it is a bit unfair to then give you the preview as well. I did get you in for this one. Well, as your missy said, sometimes it's too much cami. Hey, hey! One all, my friend. One all. You'll have to ask me back for, a, for a, 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 a replay. Very clever. See, you've got to admit, the, the boy has brains. Okay, folks, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. My name's David Edgar, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. Bye. Heart and Hand is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.